0: Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show, the show that not only tastes great, is less filling, and has zero calories. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit, here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is episode 9 of the Pipes Magazine radio show. The sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly broadcast. 45 minutes dedicated to Pipes, Pipe Tobacco, and all things that we love and enjoy. It's been a great week at home. Got rested up from the uh, West Coast trip, this show, this episode going to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the James Bond movies and the premiere of Skyfall last weekend. No, I haven't seen it yet, but this episode we do have an interview with Mr. Craig. That's right, Mr. Jimmy Craig of Ashton Pipes. Pipe Parts, I'm going to talk about taste testing tobaccos. Had some discussions about that in Las Vegas and uh, did a little bit of thinking about it. We'll talk about that mailbag got a good mailbag this week to get caught up and i'm gonna review the las vegas pipe show all that coming up in this episode brought to you by our friends at smokingpipes.com wish it was show number 007 but it's not sit back relax fire up a bowl here we go
1: need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favourite blends outside of the US? 4 stocks all of your favourite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from 4Noggins.com. is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the US and international with no worries. 4 for all of your pipes and tobacco
0: needs. Welcome back. Coming up in a few minutes, Jimmy Craig to go along with our celebration of the 50th anniversary of the James Bond movies. I've got music specifically picked out for that. Mailbag and a rant at the end. Right now in Pipe Parts, I want to talk about taste testing blends. Not taste testing them for reviews, but taste testing them to see if you're going to like them. See if the blend is going to work for you. Important thing that I always do when I'm getting a blend that a blend fresh out that I'm going to try. Make sure I'm well hydrated. I drink I get a bottle of water or a big glass of water. Get my mouth nice and wet, get hydrated so that it helps clean out your mouth too. But the keeping yourself hydrated is important to me when I'm taste testing a blend. Now, I'm going to pick out the pipe that I think that the blend's going to work for. As I talked about before, my smaller pipes are for the straight Virginias and the light Virginia Periques, my medium to larger bowls are for the light Virginia Periques and the heavier Virginia Perique blends. So I know what the blend is in front of me, I know which pipe I want to try it in, I've smelled the blend, I've got a pretty good idea that I'm going to like it. Well here's what I do, I pack it, open it up, pack it normally the way I would any other tobacco, fire it up and see how it goes. Now, if the blend's not working for me at that point, if it's not giving me enough flavor, or is a little hard to draw, whatever it is, here's a couple of things that I do. I might pack the blend a little looser if it's not smoking easily. I will try packing it looser, try packing it tighter, depending on what I think will benefit the blend. The other thing that I'll do is try it in a different pipe. Maybe the flavor in that blend is bigger than I thought it was, so I might move it to a larger pipe. Maybe the flavor in the blend is a little softer than I thought it was, so maybe I'll move it to a smaller pipe. I'll test it and try it several different ways. Now at that point, if it's not working for me, if it's just not smoking right, I will actually let a good amount of it dry out. Get it dried down to where it is almost crunchy. When you squeeze it, it almost crackles. That's how I smoke most of my tobaccos. I get them dried down as much as possible. Just squeeze them, and if you hear the crunching, that's where I like the tobacco. Once I get it dried down, then I'll try it again in a pipe that I think will work for it. At that point, I've got a pretty good idea now. Is this going to be a blend that'll work for me? Now, when you're taste testing blends, or when you're Test when you're tasting the tobacco. Here's a couple of tricks that I've learned. One of them was from a single malt scotch representative at the Richmond Pipe Show, and this works along with anything else that you taste. Your tongue has taste buds on the top, on the sides, and on the bottom. Lift your tongue up. You use your tongue prettier than a $20 whore. I just love that sound clip, so I wanted to play it again. Lift your tongue up and get the smoke underneath your tongue. Those taste buds down there aren't used nearly as much as the ones up on the top. So those are fresher, younger taste buds, and you'll get a whole different taste sensation from it. The other thing that I like to do is what's called circular breathing. That's where you take a you take a mouthful of smoke, blow it out through your nostrils, but you're not inhaling it. Get the smoke towards the back of your mouth, and with time and with a little bit of practice, you'll learn how to open up that airway and blow the smoke out through your nose. That'll give you a whole nother other taste sensation from the smoke. Keep trying the tobacco in different ways. Keep trying them in different styles. Make sure you're hydrated while you're doing it. Give the pipe and or give the tobacco at least four or five bowls before you decide yes this is a keeper. No this isn't a keeper. I have heard some people say that you really don't understand a tobacco until you've smoked at least two ounces of it and smoked two ounces of it dedicated straight through. Don't Uh, don't mix in any other tobaccos while you're doing that just smoke two ounces of that blend consistently until you've decided whether or not that's going to work for you the one advantage that i do see to smoking at least five or six bowls of it is you get to try the the tobacco during different times of the day or maybe different days of the week when Maybe for lunch you had something that was affecting it, or maybe you're you weren't feeling well that one evening when you tried it. Try it again. Don't give up on a tobacco after the first couple of bowls. Keep trying until you've tried all the variations of the way to of ways to smoke it. Keep trying it over different days because I will tell you that the way I feel, what I've eaten, have I eaten well that day, am I hydrated? that all affects the way I smoke a pipe, try it several different ways. So again, dry it down, pack it tighter, pack it looser, try it in a smaller bowl, try it in a larger bowl. And then at that point, after five, six, seven bowls, I think you've got a really good idea of, will that pipe tobacco work for me? If it'll work for you, then go back to what I said about aging the tobaccos. Start thinking about what's it going to taste like after a year, or after two years of aging. I also want to mention those of you that have meerschaum pipes, clay pipes, corncob pipes in your collection, try the tobacco in those. Try them in different mediums. Each medium will give a different flavor to the tobacco. The idea is that you want to give it a good solid try. Make sure that you are taste testing that correctly. You've spent some money on the tobacco. Don't get discouraged over the first bowl. I hope I've given you some ideas on ways that you can try the tobacco differently one other little trick that I've done is even with a rubbed out blend rub it out all the way rub it out further make sure and break it down as far as possible I've even heard of people putting them in coffee grinders to grind it up even finer and to try tweaking the tobacco that way but don't give up on it keep going with it you've bought it you knew you you knew there was something in there that you liked in the first place there's some ideas and some uh, little tricks to do it with All right, coming up in just a minute, my conversation with Jimmy Craig and all the fun at the end of the show. Hang in there.
2: This is Internet Radio.
0: Smokingpipes.com
1: has been my family's tradition for over 10 years.
0: we are back it's the pipes magazine radio show and for me one of the enjoyments i get out of going to the pipe shows is i get a chance to sit down and talk with people that i see a couple times a year people from all over the world collectors pipe makers people in the industry great conversations lots of fun laughter and we all get to hang out together jimmy craig came up to my hotel room after the show was closed on Sunday, and what you're about to hear is two guys sitting around that were pretty exhausted from two and a half days of uh, drinking and uh, smoking and staying up late. And unfortunately, Jimmy had caught a little bit of a bug, so he was kind of under the weather and jet-lagged on top of that. Plus, we had an hour time change in there that morning. So, sit back, relax, enjoy this discussion with Jimmy Craig. Jimmy Craig Uh, Joining with me is Jimmy Craig, the master pipe carver, maker of the Ashton Pipe brand, all the way from England. Welcome. Thank you very much. Jimmy, um, first of all, let's ask, are you related to Daniel in any way?
2: He's my nephew.
0: (laughs) He's your nephew. (laughs)
2: And and the funny thing is, I do have a nephew
0: called Daniel. (laughs) (laughs)
2: and he's got blonde
0: hair (laughs) and he's very tall and he is tall yeah so you might be related to 007 no he's related to me oh he's related to you okay you were first
2: i was first all right
0: how did you get started making in the pipe world
2: i went to work for alfred dunhill at the dunhill factory uh to be a silversmith
0: and in, Eng- in England, is there special training to become a silversmith?
2: Yes. It's a uh, seven-year apprenticeship.
0: Did you do your apprenticeship with Dunhill? Yep. And you have your assayer, your own mark? I do, yep. Coming out of school, was that what you wanted to do? or?
2: Oh, yeah, I always wanted to be a silversmith, yeah. Um, but obviously, once I started working at Dunhill's, it progressed to... Pipes as well. What year was that? That was in nineteen seventy
0: four. Uh, who was the factory manager then? Sid Scott. And you were doing all the silver work on, on the pipes.
2: Yeah. And Les Wood was me uh, foreman.
0: Les Wood went on to make some other pipes too. Yes, I know. What and how did it progress to? Did they did they bring you into making into the pipe making side or?
2: Yeah, well, what it was, uh, when there wasn't enough work or the silver work to do, they would put me out onto the, the factory floor to learn other aspects of making the pipes, because they could see that I had a skill with my hands. So rather than me sitting there doing nothing and paying me for doing nothing, they, they sort of like made me go and learn all the aspects of pipe making
0: were you also was, was all the silver work for the Christmas pipes and the special bands were those all being done yep. in house
2: yep everything everything to do with that went on a pipe was done either by me or
0: Liz, including the the special tampers
2: no well we never we used to do a little bit of it but not too much
0: what was, what was some of your favourite band work that you'd done? Oh, there's too many to too many to remember, really. Oh, come on, it give was me a one. a long time ago. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago.
2: A lot of it was just all uh, you know, just plain bands, but I suppose the one that sticks out would be uh, they did uh, I can't remember the exact year um, a special lighter it was called the Lighthouse Lighter. And I made uh, an 18-carat gold windshield that matched the rocks at the bottom of the lighthouse to go on top of a pipe. Uh, and that was on front cover of one of their magazines. Oh, wow. But that was probably about 1978, 79.
0: And then shortly after seventy-eight, seventy-nine is when Bill Taylor left a couple of years no, later. Bill
2: – I left before Bill. Me and Les Wood left. We started up L&J Silverware. And Bill – I think Bill left around about 83, 82, because he started Ashton's in 83. And I remember, because we used to go back to Daniel's, because we still worked, did a lot of work for him, and we'd always see Bill, because he'd sort of like gone
0: up a little bit uh, in management. And less on the, uh, less time on the shop floor and more yeah. time in the offices. Yeah. Okay. What were you doing when, when you and Les left? Were you doing just silver work for pipes, or were you doing all kinds of silver work?
2: Well, no, we was mainly doing silver work on pipes. Uh, We did do a few other things, like uh, uh, walking stick handles, things like that. But It was mainly on uh, not just Dunhill. We did a few other um, pipe companies, but I I can't remember their names now.
0: How long were you and Les working together?
2: About... Three years, then we fell out.
0: And then, where did you, where where did you go from there?
2: I went and opened a jewelry shop. Started learning to make jewelry. Well, not learning. I knew how to do it, but. And then when Bill started up at Ashton's, I used to do all Bill's work for him, all all the silver work.
0: What kind of jewelry?
2: Diamond rings chains all that sort of thing
0: anything for the anything for the queen
2: nah, nah. <laughs> we won't talk about her during
0: this how long did you have the jewelry store
2: uh 26 years
0: 26 years <laughs> yeah so it was a successful venture for a while
2: yeah but i was always i was still working even when i had the jewelry shop i was still working for daniels still doing banding for daniels And I was still doing all bills banding and repairing, sorting out the pipes, like the stem work, so as I could get the bands to fit.
0: Making adjustments to them. Yes, slight
2: adjustments.
0: When we come back, we'll talk about the current Ashton pipes. There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Mearsham corn Corncob Pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. We are back with Jimmy Craig of Ashton Pipes so you you had your jewellery store you were doing work for many many pipe makers in England yeah when did you start when did you start working with Bill on the pipe making side
2: well I was always sort of like helping him out uh, as I said with his stem work and things like that but when he was starting to become ill I offered Come and help him out for a couple of days a week, which, you know, obviously uh, he said yes. And but what happened? As he got more ill, then I became more and more involved. So much so that I had to shut the the jewelry shop down and was sort of like full time making the pipes. And looking after Bill as well.
0: Now you are the only one making Ashton pipes. It's you alone. You don't have a you don't have a staff working for you. I
2: have my son working there, which uh, you've met
0: my son. So there's another generation coming along.
2: Yes, and he's um, he's got the young eye, very good.
0: So d- is he contributing to some of the new Ashton shapes that we're seeing?
2: Not so much the shapes. I, I sort of like um just try to fresh freshen things up, you know, so as it doesn't stagnate. But uh he's um he is very good. Yeah, he's uh I think he's gonna be actually
0: brilliant. So the next generation will be better.
2: Yeah. Could well be.
0: You are you're supplying several retailers across the across the United States as well as Europe and Asia yep and how many retailers do you have how many retailers now carry Ashton pipes what in America no across the world
2: oh blub you got me there I don't know (laughs) quite a
0: few so you're you're doing a lot of trade shows
2: no I only come to the trade shows in America only here yeah I'll keep I've been invited to go to Frankfurt um which is closer as well. It's probably only two hours away. Uh, but it's just getting the time to do it all. I will do. I will probably go there. But I obviously, you know, I'll come to Chicago and now to Vegas.
0: What are, Describe for everybody some of the new shapes and some of the new finishes that, that we're seeing.
2: Well, I did introduce the oak, which is a dark, brown,
0: smooth finish. Seems to be going all right. And I remember seeing some, did I see some white stems?
2: Yes, well, That when I used to work at Daniels, I used to see a lot of whites and yellows, which was long f- forgotten. So I, I just introduced them to, for a change. You know, so it's something a little bit
0: different. Are you still doing Brindle stems? Yes. Because as many as many people that have met Bill, they get corrected that it's not Cumberland, it's Brindle.
2: Yes, I still do them.
0: And you still correct them? No. No. <laughs> a kinder, gentler. Everyone's allowed
2: to call them what they want.
0: Are we? Are you seeing also a a, a younger group of pipe smokers? Well, see in
2: in England you don't see anyone smoking a pipe. Very rare. Um, but obviously, when I come to America, I do see lots and lots. I, I mean, even this weekend, I see women smoking pipes,
0: which is great. Are there pipe clubs in England? Yeah, yeah there is. Yeah, yeah. Do you go? Do you go and visit with them and? I,
2: I I went to the London Pipe Club a couple of times, but um, you can't keep going to clubs because you've, you've got to work, you've got to make right. the pipe, so you can't keep going to all these because they could be every week, only small little clubs, nothing like
0: it in America, but you just can't keep doing it. And in in London and in in all of England, you can't smoke in a pub anymore. You can't smoke in indoors anymore. No, it,
2: I would say England has uh, got worse, more stricter than America. There's no dispensation anywhere. You know, you just cannot smoke in a building. Full stop. Any public building.
0: So, where would a pipe club meet?
2: They, they usually meet at, believe it or not, at pubs. But what the, a lot of the English pubs have done is they built little outhouses, basically just a like a gazebo, and they just sit in them and smoke. That's it. Same with and, cigarette smokers.
0: And the weather's wonderful most of the year. Yeah, so lovely. It's,
2: <laughs> That's why they put a roof on.
0: <laughs> Anything new? Coming up from Ashton.
2: Well, I put I had a couple of new, sh- well, one new shape that I put on there, um, for this weekend, which was a bit cheeky, really, it was a, just a, a take on the Danish makers. You know, I just thought I would say something. Well, I could do it as well, but it sold.
0: What would the shape? What What it, would you was, call the shape?
2: It was like a squat eighth bent tomato with a little short stem.
0: <laughs> so you're still having fun making yes. pipes after all these years. Yeah.
2: Just just to make things a bit different. Doesn't mean to say I'm going to make lots of them, but, you know, I'll just make things so to, I to, to wonder if someone will like it. And if they like it, I'll carry on making it.
0: And as Bill Taylor once... Told everybody when he was going to do an interview, he said, you can ask me anything about pipe making except you can't ask me about oil curing or how I cure the briar or the specifics of certain manufacturing things. And you've kept up that tradition as well. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs>
2: yes, I'll keep that up that tradition.
0: And I promise I won't ask. That's good
2: because I won't tell you. <laughs>
0: On that note, we're going to turn the microphone off and then I'm going to hold them hostage in the room until I get the answers out of them, and I'll report back to you later.
2: No, don't do it. <laughs>
0: I want to thank Jimmy for uh, spending a little bit of time with us when he probably should have been resting up and rumor is he was staying in Vegas for a couple of days. So hopefully he'll uh, let us know how that went. I do want everybody to notice that there's a few things that pipe makers will never tell you their secrets, Um, how they age or cure their briar. You're not going to hear much about that. What types of stains they use to get those effects or get the colors Very few are going to share that with you. Uh, The medium that they sandblast with, that's all proprietary information. And I learned early on from Bill Taylor that there's just certain things that pipe makers are never going to tell you. They're never going to tell each other because that's what makes their pipes different from one another. All right, coming up in a minute, the review of the Las Vegas Pipe Show. Special piece of music for the... uh, carrying the the James Bond theme through and mailbag and rant stay with us
1: smokingpipes.com has been my family's tradition for over 10 years
2: this is internet radio
0: we are back in just a few minutes some music then the mailbag and the rant right now I want to give you my uh, review of the Las Vegas Pipe Show Uh, US Airways thank you that was the most uncomfortable airline seat I've sat in in a long time apparently the padding went out of style about 10 years ago and uh, had a prisoner of war been transported in that plane, that seat would have been a violation of the Geneva Convention. But (laughs) anyway, uh, this year the palace station, the hotel room wasn't quite so nice the first night. Last year they hooked me up with this great room up on the 20th or 21st floor. It was a little corner room part of a suite. I thought this is absolutely wonderful. I'd struck gold on it. Well this year instead of the gold mine they gave me the shaft the first night. Did get me moved into a much better room for the second, third, and fourth night. But that's how hotels go. That's how travel goes. You never know what you're going to get. The pipe show really started Friday afternoon. There there were guys there Friday morning. And by Friday afternoon, there were pipe makers with their pipes out uh, around the tables at the Irish bar or the Irish pub. Um, We lost a couple of tables this year because the casino was giving away a car. And, in fact, we got to see one night, we got to see one of somebody actually win the car. The winner was actually there, and she won a brand new Ford Mustang, so that was kind of fun. Overall, food was really good again this year. Not overly expensive either, but good food throughout the hotel. Uh, pipe makers were, pipe guys were gathering by the tables, and there was uh, full-fledged smoking and drinking going on Friday night. Saturday at the pipe show, there was uh, one fellow that was selling some pipes, selling some old Dunhills from $40 up to $150, so there were some great deals to be had on estate Dunhill oddities. Um, lots of pipe makers in attendance. Looked like the traffic was a little less than the year before, but the tables Packed full, got to see some great pipes from some of the some of the great pipe makers like Jeff Graysick of J Allen Pipes. Todd Johnson had some beautiful pieces out. Mike Butero had his table right behind me, and he's just an American institution. Lots of new pipe makers that I finally got a chance to see their pipes up close and personal. Uh, Adam Remington in particular, Nathan Armentrout. Uh, Grant Baston, Steve Liskey, all younger guys making wonderful pipes. My friend Steve Morissette had a couple of pipes that just had me drooling over them. Not as many retailers uh, exhibiting this year as there was in the past years. And I did notice that it seemed like there was less uh, aged tobacco available, less tobacco for sale on the on the show floor than had been last year. That was kind of disappointing to me, but that's the way pipe shows go. Uh, One attendee came by and showed me a Dunhill pipe bag that I remember we used to sell in the store for about $650. He bought one used in fairly good shape for $75, and I was kind of jealous that I'd missed out on that one. But lots of deals to be had out there. The pace of this year's show... And the pace of the Las Vegas show overall allows for some really good times talking to attendees. You get a chance to really visit with people. There was a good group of folks from the Chicago Pipe Club. Uh, Sue Bender brought me her uh, favorite cookies that I don't tell anybody about. And I appreciated that. Um, Good group of folks. Got to spend a lot of time with them. The Saturday night dinner, the presenter at the dinner was Steve Fallon, who has a uh, background in broadcasting and did the best unpresentation presentation presentation that I've ever seen at a pipe show dinner. Some current day authors in the pipe community were there, including Gary Schreier, Rick Newcomb, and Fred Hanna, as well as pipesmagazine.com's own Russ Ouellette was there. Overall, it was a great show. The attendance stayed steady through Sunday all the way up until closing. Had a great time Sunday night walking the strip with uh, Steve Morissette and uh, Max Katz. What a great way to end off the day. All right, this piece of music coming up, uh, keeping with the James Bond theme, one of the things I enjoy about uh, watching the old James Bond movies and watching the current ones is that the music has changed with the eras that they're that the movies were made in so is the clothing well, over the past weekend i bought a couple of the old roger moore james bond movies and the theme song "To the live and let die by paul mccartney has got to be one of my favorites so here it is
1: when you were young.
0: Love all the changes that that song goes through. Man, it gets, it starts out small, gets big, changes rhythms, just a whole bunch of stuff going on there. In a little bit, the rant. In the meantime, transmission begins from Money Penny. Let's see what mails come in. Uh, Casey Ghost, yeah, Scott Tinker's work is mainly by commission only. The stuff on his website is uh, samples of what he's done in the past. Forum member, I'm going to spell it out, E-B-K-L-O-D-T, conical versus round. I've found out that I like round chambers. I don't like the conical because it gets too narrow down at the bottom. It gets harder to tamp. And all that tobacco at the bottom is being filtered, is filtering all the smoke up above, so it tends to get more intense, more bitter. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah, I'd like to hear everybody else's uh, preferences as well. Big Van, um, Arcadia is something that I smoke maybe a tin a year during the winter time, it's not my standard go-to, I'll give you guys a hint, if you want to see, uh, check out my profile on PipesMagazine.com, that might tell you a little bit about the tobacco I like, and, uh, Lankford JL and Ace57, yeah, the toilet paper was fun, um, just one of those random things that hits my uh, hits my mind occasionally. Ace fifty seven. I will say that I've uh, never had uh, never been hit with a AK forty seven. Thankfully, I do appreciate everybody that has served our country and has served any of their countries out there. Um, had a message from Czechoslovakia. We're being listened to in Eastern Europe. So, we're getting the word around. On that note, 8,700 downloads of Episode 8. I want to thank each and every one of you. The show's getting bigger and better. We'll have a ton of great interviews coming up. In the meantime, if you would like to advertise on this show, please contact Kevin Godby at PipesMagazine.com. If you have a favorite brick and mortar pipe shop that you like to hang out in or if you're an artisan pipe maker contact Kevin Godby we got a special that we're trying to work up for brick and mortar stores and uh, the artisan or handcrafted pipe makers contact Kevin Godby at pipesmagazine.com answer to the trivia question from last week nobody posted an attempt at answering it on the forum so I'm going to go ahead and answer it here uh, Dunhill nine six five. It's actually my mixture nine six five. The my mixture program started as a in-house blending program in the London store, and they numbered each mixture, or they'd give it a name. If the owner or the initial person that requested it didn't have a name for it, they just assign it a number. Well, my uh, Dunhill nine six five was. The 965th of the personal mixtures that they did in-house. Not sure you guys are into the trivia thing. Let me know on the forums if you want more trivia coming up. Uh, Rant time right around the corner. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe. An American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. I must be getting old. I don't know what it is. I'm 45 years old, so I'm not young anymore. Not exactly old and out of it. I mean, I know what a forum is. I know what YouTube is. I know how to post on YouTube. I know how to do some stuff with the computer. All the abbreviations that I see on forum posts, Toby, Backy, whatever it is, sometimes I'm sitting here reading these forum posts and I've got to stop and think, what is the person referring to? If we could all just please make it easy for those of us that aren't into all the new slang terms for everything, if we could use the proper words, it would make reading the forums a little bit easier for me. Maybe I'm just being old and cranky, but that's what I think, that's what I feel. I'm skimming through YouTube and I had to do a Google search to find out what a yabo is. Y-A-B-O, yet another box opening. I thought Yabo, when you first do a Google search of Yabo, it comes up as something or a, a Middle Eastern or Balkan reference to the breasts, and then it's a, a not such a nice feeling in Japanese. Well, what it means is yet another box opening. So somebody just got a package in and they're going to open it up on their YouTube channel, which is fine. I don't mind watching that, but. Yabo. Y-A-B-O. If we could all just please use the proper words for everything and make those of us that aren't into into the slang or into the new hip terms for things, it would make it easier. Now, what got me thinking about this was I did a search a couple days ago for Tad Gage, T-A-D-G-A-G-E, in the forums to see if there were any more comments that I missed on the interview with Tad Gage. And it came up with TAD. Tons of TAD, which is Tobacco Acquisition Disorder. I understand that there's going to be slang terms for us in the hobby, but then I started reading through everything else. The other thing I noticed is that there's um, not a lot of capitalization or uh, grammatically correct things going on. Occasionally words get put up that are misspelled. So uh, am I being old and cranky and just wanting the forums and wanting people to write in full... English language I don't know it could be me but it does make it hard to search the forums when you're searching for specific topics if you don't know what backy is or you won't find backy showing up when you're searching for tobacco recommendations so if everybody could use the full terms and yeah you know, use full words and use uh sentences with um you know, nouns and capitalization make it faster for me to read easier for i'm sure a lot of other folks to read it that's just me maybe i'm just gotten too old and too cranky and too stuffy but anyway that's my rant hope you enjoyed the show keep posting those positive comments for us on uh, itunes post any comments you have on the forums follow me on facebook next week i will be here a special thanksgiving day episode with a guest Tell your friends, family, spouses, significant others, whatever you call them, we're gonna, I'm going to start doing a little uh, holiday gift-giving guide for us pipe smokers, so uh, that'll be fun. And thank you again to SmokingPipes.com. Until next time. Happy trails to you. Happy trails to you. He's But I I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable
1: volume.